Since the beginning of time, people have always found creative ways of communicating. This is my way. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and we need to talk. Welcome to another episode of Not For Nothing in a special series of episodes that I like to call Life in the Bunker because we're living in the reality of coronavirus and there's no better person to start my series of Life in the Bunker than the one and only, the original Sarah Cooper. Hello, lady. How you doing? Fine. Decent. Alive. That when my mom, mom called me today and goes, are you, how are you doing? I said, well, I'm alive. So I guess that's a good sign. I don't know. Check your pulse and move on. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy. Like, um, my work shut down yesterday officially. Yeah. And so now we are here. And I will go ahead and say a disclaimer because Ethan is cooking dinner right now. We're stuck in the bunker. So we're all living our lives on top of one another. He's cooking dinner right now. And I just thought, let's talk. Let's have a chat. Okay. So anyway, yeah, you said you were eating some avocado brownies. Well... I bought some avocados and they betrayed me because I was going to make Thai food, but they weren't ripe. And then overnight, boom, they're overripe. Um, And I need chocolate right now because we all do. And I didn't buy any. I ate all my chocolate. I'm not going to lie. I bought Reese's (laughs) bag, a little Reese's eggs. I ate them all real quickly. But I was like, I need some chocolate. Life is stressful. And so I started looking up what can I make. And I knew that people use avocado instead of like eggs and dairy and a lot of baking. So I made some avocado brownies, and then I made a not very successful uh, rosemary caramel to put on top of it. So there you go. It's delicious. It's not pretty. It's delicious. It fills the void in my life right now. This is really, I mean, for the past last episode, I talked with Billy uh, Alexander about... um, the coming coronavirus, but everybody was still at work. We were still kind of nervous about what was coming. Um, and now it's here. Mm-hmm. Like we're living with the reality that coronavirus is our new normal. Um, I'm off work. Ethan's off work. A lot. Most everybody that we know is off work. You're one of the few that's still at work. Yep. How's that going? Um, <laughs> it's different. Um, I work in veterinary medicine and that is considered a medical necessity or medical essential because mm-hmm. Just like human medicine, we have heart patients, we have patients with special needs, there are emergencies, and so we right now are staying open because the uh, veterinary state board and everyone says we need to be accessible and available, Um, but we've gone to, Friday, we went to an official low contact or low interaction policy, which just totally triggered every sense of my anxiety disorder problems. because it just freaked me out. Because honestly, if I had a choice, I would rather not be working right now. I don't want to be working with the public. I don't trust. We've had clients come in before all this who are like, yeah, I'm getting over the flu. And I'm like, why the fuck are you here? Like, I just, so I just, I have, I don't like it. It's weird. None of us are comfortable with it. It went okay. But basically our doors are locked and everything has to be paid for either over the phone or if you're writing a check, we have to come get it. We take your animal out of your cart. We confer with you over the phone about what's going on and then we have to do everything and they are not involved and they're not there. And that's yeah. for like, as a pet owner, for me, knowing my animals, if I trusted my veterinarian, I'd be fine with that. But a lot of people, even if they trust their vet, they're not, they want to be present. They want to have an interaction and it's really weird. Um, but our facility is so small that they're, we're literally on top of each other on a regular day. Like my coworker that works right next to me we're like bumping elbows all day there's no six feet apart between us so we're both just kind of like well this this is what we gotta do man like it's it was the same at our job or at my job before yesterday i was like we're not keeping six feet apart but also like we were serving people in a in a capacity like that like grab it and go do your thing get Mm -hmm. it ready get it done 
Um, I'm not surprised that my, my work shut down, but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's been interesting because like yesterday, um, yesterday was Ethan's and my 10 year anniversary. Mm -hmm. So we celebrated by Mm -hmm. hiring a notary public and (laughs) he met us at our house because it was a house call and we filed for domestic partnership. So we are legally bound to one another now. Just like, you know, and people are like, that's a big deal. And I'm like, it's just life in the, in the bunker where we, you know, get married right. in the front yard or whatever, <laughs> which it's not a marriage, but, but still it's, it's a big it's deal a, that you wouldn't want to do curbside if you could. Avoid right. It. <laughs> it's not a curbside situation. And, um, yeah. And then we celebrated by going to the grocery store to make sure that we have the supplies for logging, you know, locking ourselves in our house for a while because Gavin Newsom, our governor, has declared that the state of California is essentially shut down until April 19th. And so we went up to Arcadia, which is this little suburb of Los Angeles where only old people live because we thought, hey, they'll they'll have groceries. They don't need a lot. Um, So we went up there and the Ralphs was letting, I think, 10 or 15 people in at a time. We had to stand in line. Yeah. Um, there was this little old man behind us. I wanted to, I wanted to like poke at him a little bit because a lady from Ralph's came out and she was like, if there's any elderly or, or no, she said, if there's any senior citizens or disabled people, please follow me. You will go to the front of the line to get in, get out and get done. And he had to be like 73. That was my guess. 73. Mm-hmm. And ever all these little old ladies. And then like a, la- a person who was walking with a cane was a bit younger, but was walking with a cane walked to the front and he just stood there and he looked so proud of himself. And I'm like, Oh, come on, sister, stop kidding yourself. We're, we're in crisis mode. Go to the front of the line. Well, I mean, I feel like we're in the trajectory of what's happening to Italy where they're deciding who lives and dies and says, if you're over 80, you're just going to have to hopefully tough it out. Mm -hmm. So it's like, yeah, here's your time to just own being old as fuck and be selfish. Like exactly. Like, if you want, I mean, he may be in a place where he's like, if I die, I die. I lived a good life. You know, I mean, like, I'm young and vibrant. I don't need this. Oh, well, then (laughs) that's ridiculous. But yeah, I can tell. But then eventually, he, I don't know if he heard me mutter stuff under my breath, but he went to the front. I mean, because we had a few people come into our office with their pets, and I'm looking at them and I'm like, I like, I mean, I, I don't want to be rude to you, but like, why are you here? Why are you outside? Like, <laughs> yeah, if, like my grandfather's 92 and he's bored stiff because he, all his stuff's canceled, but he's 92. And I told him, I was like, if you need anything, I will leave it at your doorstep. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I pre- he has a Dollar General near where he lives and he sometimes goes and picks stuff up there. And I told him, I was like, Dollar General's trying to promote a senior's hour for shopping. Please go in that time. Like, please yeah. go at bet- the first hour they're open if you have to. And if not, I will deliver it to your house. Like, it just makes me nervous. Mm-hmm. But I did see an article where a woman in her 90s beat it. She's healthy again, but that's not the normal. Oh yeah, that's I didn't know about that. That's great. It but was a really that's good article, not, but it's not. That's normal. not. Yeah, that's not. That's not something you should expect. One hundred percent is somebody in their nineties to get over this real quick. I think it was her nineties. She may have been a little bit younger, but still, she was over sixty-five. <laughs> right. If she's she's a senior citizen, you got to take care of yourself. Um. So, has your life changed much <laughs> since since all this has started? Um. I'm a hermit by nature, so this is my jam. I wish I could just stay home all day. Um, mm-hmm. But I will say, like, I had to put gas in my car today because my gas light was on. And I was, like, <laughs> so wigging out about touching the fuck. I'm not, I am not a germaphobe. Like, I am, I'll own it. I am not. I make fun of Zsa when she's like, I need to break out the hand sanitizer. I was like, I'll lick the fucking table right here just to annoy you. Like, I am not a germaphobe. But yeah. I'm now more conscientious of it. And I was like, I don't want to touch the gas handle to pump gas. So many people have touched this. And, like, stuff like that is now, like, shrinking into my mind. And I also naturally sit with my hand, like, resting my chin on my hand. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to be touching my face. And I feel like I just need to, like, wear a mask all the time because i naturally touch my face when i talk so it's little stuff like that that i'm just like really wigging out about that and when i went to grocery shopping and they were out of eggs and i couldn't figure out why oh yeah (laughs) it's like why the eggs well it was interesting me ethan and i went to target the other day and 
or no, no, it was me and Michelle. It was Michelle Castle, a friend of the show. Um, we went to Target the other day to just kind of look for some groceries. And she goes, I need milk. And I was like, well, tough. There's no milk here. And she goes, what's that over there? What's that one, that one little thing? Cause we were looking across the grocery store. She's like, what's that one little thing in the case over there? And I said, that's coffee creamer. <laughs> She's like, will that enough. do? And I was like, no, Close enough. So it was, it was the only thing in the case. There's no, br- there, there is bread out here, but there's no toilet paper. There's no paper towels. There's no milk. There's no, I mean, just everything's off the shelves. There's no canned goods. Ethan had to put in an order at Ralph's that should be coming tomorrow. His mother sent us some cleaning supplies right. um, and sent us like the, the blue Roseanne Connor paper towels that we're going to be putting on. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a different life out here. And we have been in full, full-fledged um, – social distancing, quarantining or self quarantining, like at home for little less than 48 hours. And I'm already running out of projects for myself to keep myself occupied because I usually have ample amounts. I have to, or I usually don't have ample amounts of time. And now I'm just like, I got all the time in the world. I hey, guess this is it. I have a suggestion. Mm-hmm. You read that segment of my story that I'm writing. I sent you three months ago that you never read. That'll give you something more like do. six months ago, but well, yes, Call yourself out. <laughs> you got all the I time mean, now to do it. I just need. I mean, I just need to own it. I'm going to read it. I'm going to do it. You've sent me a project that I'm in the middle of too. Another project of yes. for listening because we're going to at some point have a musical conversation on this podcast about some rock music, and I am mm-hmm. in the middle of it. But this was just sort of a spur of the moment episode. Um, yeah. I am. I mean, it probably is. It is going to be airing on the the scheduled date now at this point because come Thursday, but, um, yeah, I'm just kind of living by living by Corona rules. I'll do what I want when I want it. Another episode, whenever I feel like at this point, because that's life in the bunker. Um, you got plenty of time. I mean, like what mm -hmm. the weird part is, is my life personally has not changed that much. Um, my mother's life and my aunt's life and my brother's, has all drastically changed because they're all having to work from home. Um, my sister-in-law is a physical therapist, which is just stuff of nightmares because they're still deemed medically necessary, a medical necessity as well. Mm-hmm. So there is no six feet when it becomes, when it comes to being a physical therapist. Well, you my, la- yeah, my last, um, last Sunday that I went to church was, I think, let's see, three weeks ago from tomorrow, I think was the last time I went to church and we were kind of all sitting around talking because I do work with the public and somebody was like, Oh yeah, you work with the public a lot. Are you nervous about, um, you know, contracting whatever? Cause this was still when it was young and sort of like an existential, perhaps maybe this will come our way. Mm-hmm. And there was a few cases and stuff. And then I have a friend at church who is happens to be a transgendered person and he is a therapist and he works with um inmates at the jail and so i was like well you're kind of with a very vulnerable um vulnerable community so aren't you nervous and we were both just kind of like going back and forth debating on who who is more vulnerable he or me to this situation and then um a newcomer came up and he was he kind of joined the conversation and we're like well, what do you do and he goes i'm a dental hygienist oh, and i was like shit. Yep, you're the most vulnerable. You put your hands in people's mouth all day, every day. So it was just interesting to hear that he's still at work, you know, because that was when it started trickling down to like, we might be closing some non-essential stuff. And I'm like, well, I feel like a dental hygienist is not super essential. But I don't know. In Alabama, I may be incorrect. I think regular non-emergency things like just generic dental cleanings, eye appointments and stuff like that are being considered non-essential at this point. Like you still have to have people available if someone like dumps bleach in their eyeball while they're trying to clean their house. But right. Or if you, or if you break a fucking tooth, you know, you need your dentist for that kind of important stuff. But I think the regular stuff is being pushed to the wayside. Right. Um, yeah. I just, my life has changed drastically so far from it all, just because Ethan about a week before I was, called off of work. Ethan was called off of work. And so he's been here a lot. And then now I'm here a lot and we haven't got on each other's nerves. It's just like, what do you, it's weird to think to just be here, be healthy and have all this time. So 
I decided to take on a new project. I'm learning the piano. Well, you got the time, so you might as well. Yeah, I, I got the time. I played when I was little, like when I was younger and like junior high and the early part of high school. Um, I never really got too far from it because I'm, as you know, I'm one of those people who overextends myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bought a book and I'm and we have a, a keyboard here. So I'm just like plunking around, starting to learn some things on it and everything. So that's my project. So I'm, I'm interested to see what people are going to be doing. Um yeah. But with their free time. I feel like a lot this is gonna be a lot of people's spring cleaning time. Like now's a great time to clear out my closet. Now's a great time to organize my bookshelf. Like all those little things you push off because you never have time to do. And now you got all the time in the world. Right. And I um I'm doing my piano uh project. And so I went on the Not For Nothing Facebook page today and wrote a post that says, During this time of social distancing and self-isolation, how is everyone choosing to spend their time? Um, I want to give a shout out to Jeanette Cologne, someone that I knew. Actually, you probably remember her from previous conversations on the Facebook page from years ago. She she started organizing her closet. She told me that she had thought she had 30 to 40 pairs of shoes. She found 100. Oh, my God. So she's donating those. Uh, Vincent Crump has been sifting through some of his memory boxes. He's been doing that. My sister says she's cleaning and organizing, trying to stay sane. So it must run in the family that we're running out of things to do. There's a lot of cleaning and organizing. Uh, Julie Markham says she is um, painting canvases, coloring, playing in the yard, researching. Um, She didn't say what she's researching, so I'd like a follow-up on that. Uh, She's cuddling with the dogs and anything else that's quality time together. And I think that's really important that we use this time to be to have quality time together and with our families. Well, within reason, if it's someone you've been around recently. Yeah, exactly. And Stephanie Andrews Blair, my high school home ec teacher, says she's working on her master's. I mean, go ahead. Show us all up, Steph. <laughs> I'm playing the piano. Yeah. Julie Markham is cuddling with her dog. And you're like, I'm getting a master's degree. That's fine. <laughs> she knows how to use her time. Seems fair. There you go. Here we are. Uh, do you have anything up the pike? Because I feel like your work will shut down, don't you think, at some point? I don't know. Um, that's the problem because it just depends on what the state and city says even. Because if we're deemed medically necessary, I don't. But if we, if business slows down and there's not a need, we might close or might cut back our hours so I might have a little bit more time at home than usual. But it's really hard to say because I've been working in vet medicine. It'll be eight years in August and this has never happened. Um, so I, there's no precedent to be like, well, during this time we shut down because of this. I mean, it's one of those things because it's needed. We can't control if someone's dog gets hit by a car. It doesn't deserve to die because we're all at home. Right. Exactly. I... That brings me to another point that I've sort of have been making to people lately. Well, over the last couple of weeks, I, um, well, actually just this last week, because this was when things started like restaurants started going to grab and go and schools started shutting down. And I've just been really, really conscious of a, wanting to just like kind of be sober about everything and look around and just take it all in because this is one of those 9-11, John F. Kennedy got shot moments in life. The Alabama tornadoes? Yeah. I mean, it, it reminds me of the 2011 tornadoes, but it's just never stopping. Like, you go out yeah. on the street and no one's there. You go to the stores, no one's there. You go anywhere and just no one's there. Everybody's in their home. Oh, no. They're they're at the grocery stores. They're not. Those aren't slowing down. But Walmart, like, the crazy part is, is Walmart is even not staying open 24 hours. Well, that's the thing. Like, that tells you something. <laughs> it's interesting because you're like, no, they're in the stores. Here in California, no one's in the stores. They're, they're in lines outside the stores oh. because they can only let 10 people in at a time in every store. We have Kay Ivy in charge. We're not there yet. We may never get there. Granny Ivy. She's a, she's, she's dragging her feet. They're pretty heavy, but it's, it's just such a weird time. Um, so I, I'm really interested to see what kind of art comes from this. I'm interested to see what kind of ideas comes from it because in times like this, people create art. Well, 
Some people do. Other people, like my mother, going slowly insane. Oh yeah, let's have a let's have a Jaja update. Jaja's losing her fucking mind. She hates it. <laughs> um, so she is able to telework from home. Um, she hates it because it's not the same, and it's she. And so when I went over there Wednesday. Because I, I, here's a fun thing to ha- not have when you're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't have a washer and dryer. I go to my, I go to my parents' house to do my laundry. Um, usually about once every ten days or so, roughly, just depends. Um, and so I went over there to do laundry, and it was kind of like right when the in Alabama it started getting real serious. They were starting to shut down different parts of Redstone Arsenal for people to telework because they're like eh, too close for comfort. And so I go over there and she's in her office in her new house. She asked if I liked her new house. I do still. Um, (laughs) She's still asking. She still (laughs) needs to make sure. And so I'm doing something and then she starts getting a delivery because apparently also in this time she is online shopping. Um, And so she she got a delivery of a little half wall coffee table thing for the patio. And so I'm putting it together for her while she's working. And she suddenly starts singing, I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. I'm so bored. And I'm just like, (laughs) all this stuff. So she's doing that. And then she's washing her hands and forgot the alphabet. Your mom forgot the alphabet? Yeah, she got to the letter U and froze. Uh, she goes and like, and I, and I caught her in it too. It was really funny because I could hear her washing her hands, singing the alphabet. And she went to you. And I went, did you just forget the alphabet? Like, really? <laughs> like slowly going insane because she is an extrovert. She's a social butterfly and she's going insane. That's something about Jaja. I sense that she really loves the process of going to work. Well, like, Doing the work, she can do the work at home, but I, I, I sense that she is a, a social butterfly who is a an extrovert by all senses of the word, and so she compartmentalizes her extrovertedness, like going into the office, the little conversations you have in the side, you know, on at the office, that the the work relationships. She really cultivates those, and really they're important to her. Well, and it's just, I think it is a lot of compartmentalizing, but it's also, she has an office with all her stuff there. She knows where it is, like Mm -hmm. it's a system and it's just not the same at home. And so that, so that was going on. And then when I was there, she was like, let's go, I've got to get out of this house. And so I took a walk around her new neighborhood, which has a pond and a bridge. And, but what was really interesting is there was a lot of people doing that that day, like not a ton. Mm -hmm. But you could tell people were like, I've got to get out of this house, mm-hmm. you know, walking around their neighborhood. So it's, it's just that kind of stuff. And my dad's also a massive homebody. So he's still working as well. Um, yeah. You know, so th- that and he can't work from home either. So he has to go to work. And so right. they're not thankfully on top of each other yet because I feel like if they're both. Because they have a big, beautiful, brand new house well, that everyone he, loves. He's, all, <laughs> he's also at work. Um, cause I feel like try, I can only imagine what it's like with two people trying to telework from the same home for two different jobs would probably be very different. Mm-hmm. I haven't encountered anyone who's doing that yet, but I imagine in my head that would not be an easy feat. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I work from the, pu- I mean, I work with the public mm-hmm. and I do, ha- I do see regulars on a daily basis. And I really do miss my regulars, Mm -hmm. but also I miss the people from church. It's that's really tough. So I started, um, I started doing Marco Polo. I got, did you, have, did you get me into it or did I get you into it? Me? Yeah. You literally sent it to me today. Oh, and well, we've been doing well with it. (laughs) You have old timers, man. We literally, (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, there's no time in the bunker. It just it, all time runs together. We we watched the third of fourth uh, third of four episodes of the Hillary Clinton documentary on Hulu today. We are playing Nintendo. I'm playing piano. I've done some housekeeping with my emails. I mean, there's just I'm trying to make the time in the bunker, as I'm calling it, fun. 
as fun as possible until the moment one of us gets coronavirus and then we'll stop all the fun and, you know, do our due diligence. But as of right now, we're just keeping keeping each other safe by being separate. And so we're well, trying to, I'm trying to digitize the fun here for myself because I need these social interactions just like Jaja. I need, I'm, it's, it's hard to do that. And I'm starting to realize that just by talking to you that Alabama is kind of behind the rest of the coast, mm-hmm. at least, because... Well, we're not as severe off as everyone else is. Right. Like, there's nothing. If you don't sell food, you're not open in California. And same in New York. We got a lot of listeners in New York. Um, yeah, I saw the pictures and a lot of, of friends York, in New York. It was wild. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's crazy. My friend took a picture of Fifth Avenue today, and it was dead it was just completely ghost town and i was like i have never in my life seen new york with empty streets like that um but we went to santa monica the other day yesterday um to get ethan's paycheck um and it was dead it was interesting to see santa monica but i did get mad at somebody while he was up there because i was he was like you can wait in the car and i'm like no i'm gonna get out and get as much fresh air as possible um and so i'm just standing there and Mm -hmm. like it's hard. Let me, um, I hope I can describe this accurately. There was a window next to the door he went into. It was the back door, but there was the next was a shop with a window. And it was one of those windows that have like the little step in front, like a big ledge. Um, and so I was just standing up on the ledge off mm-hmm. the sidewalk to give everybody, you know, if anybody did happen to drop by ample space. Well, then I look and there's this guy hugging the wall, just walking down the street, hugging the wall. And so he's going to pass right next to me unless he, and he sees me, he sees that I'm there. I've kind of got my head out and he walks within six inches of me. And I just turn and yell at him, uh, social distancing asshole. <laughs> and he just looked back. So, but I'm doing my part. Well, yeah. Making people aware. Did you see that? Okay, so these are my... There are some positive things in my mind. Not positive, but I feel like there's um, things that are happening in the midst of this that are good. One, my favorite thing I've seen so far is there was a church that put up some bullshit Bible quote and said, services are still happening Monday and enough people called and shamed them that they closed down. And I was like, thank thank you, because you know who's going to still be going to church every Sunday? The old people. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I saw a video of a woman and her therapy dog who can't go into nursing homes right now, but visited everyone outside their windows so they could, he could say, I mean, you know, so they could see him Aww. still. Um, the fact that the Venice canals are clean and They're clean. Yeah. The water's running clear because there's oh, no pollution because everyone's inside. I wonder how I, I want to see the statistics on pollution. Oh, I do too. At some point. And, and especially like, because they say China's clean. Oh. Like it's clean and the air is cleaning up in China. Right. I but mean. they're about to start getting back to normal. But um, I'm not bl- like, I'm not one of those like conspiracy theorists that this came so we could, so the earth could balance out and all that. Because I don't think that, I think this is going to shame a lot of people to show the effects of humanity on the vi- environment maybe. So there are more mm-hmm. progressive things after the fact. Um, I don't think thousands and thousands and thousands of people need to die in order for that to happen. But I right. think I hope people see the correlation of, hey, when all the fuckers are inside, the air's cleaner. When the yeah. businesses are shut down, look, we can do this without everyone dying from a virus. Well, the factories, people are sending because factories are just like Petri dishes for spreading mm-hmm. communicable diseases like this. And yeah, I mean, they're going to have these factories being shut down. You're going to see. an impact on the environment and that should i mean i'm not like you i'm not saying that this is like god telling us that we need to take care of the earth i'm saying we have an opportunity to see what the actual impact of these businesses are on the environment and let's make a change so right and i that's and i tried like there's some some little things like that that i try to remember i'm like that's interesting to see like have you seen the photo of the rival gang of monkeys in thailand no oh my god what does that even mean so apparently there's this hot tourist spot in thailand where a lot of tourists were feeding monkeys like they just roam um Mm -hmm. and apparently because all the tourists are gone the monkeys are like encroaching upon that area and there's like gangs of monkeys against each other now oh my god and i hope that photo is all true because i haven't seen it from like a legitimate news source but it's all over the internet and i'm like i don't care if this photo is a lie it is a truth (laughs) in my heart because i love it like the animals taking back like spaces like 
where like tourists mm-hmm. would feed animals and now the tourists are gone so now they're just kind of like rummaging around themselves looking around and i'm like yeah it's it's silver it's not a silver lining but it's pretty entertaining and kind of like little hopeful messages in the mix of everything well and ethan and i witnessed it firsthand because we you know there was nobody on the streets and so we were just like we're here we're at in santa monica we're at the beach let's just take a walk down ocean avenue real quick so we walk over to ocean avenue and there's this linear park that runs right along ocean avenue and there were squirrels everywhere like Mm. i've never in my life seen that many squirrels just because they're not getting fed you know in little little moments you know they're not finding the food so they're just wandering around now and they were just laying out in the sun we even saw some sunbathing their bellies i was like okay which it was a cloudy day but you know they were just laying out just hanging out like you know sort of like the homeless people used to on ocean avenue but um yeah, it was. It's fascinating, and I so. and I kind of also love seeing the people who are stepping up to help where they can. Like, I just like thirty minutes ago, this tattoo shop I follow on Facebook and Instagram basically just posted saying they got contacted by local hospital emergency departments because they're running low on gowns and face masks, and so they're almost to the point of reusing. And so they were donating what they have. Tattoo shop is. Mm-hmm. Because tattoo artists have to wear gloves. A lot of them do wear masks. I mean, depending on where you're tattooing, you might wear a mask too. So they have sanitation stuff for if you got to go somewhere weird and do some piercing. Yeah. And so stuff like that. I also saw something about they were putting a call out in one country for retired doctors and nurses for help. And they needed like 300 and they got 700 responses or something like that. That's great. So people are stepping up to help where they can, which is nice. Um, but it's also really alarming. Yeah. So it's kind of, a- I mean, it is alarming and we should all take a look around and take it in and not take for granted the moment and just really live in the moment and be able to tell future generations about this moment because we, I mean, it's, it's a moment we're never going to see again in, in our lifetime. I don't believe that. I believe that we will always be better prepared for this because we've never not been, there's never been something like this in modern times that was just so overreaching that we were so underprepared for. And I think we're never going to be that caught off guard ever again. The closest thing I could think of in recent times that would be even close to where we are and it's not as widespread or if it. It was. It wasn't advertised as such. Was the AIDS epidemic, right? And and there are because of where I go to church. Um, I I go to church at the church that was the very first church to open its doors to the AIDS epidemic. Um, there are a lot of comparisons to um, to that. I mean, it is different, and it's hard for me to draw comparisons to it, but. Um, but it is interesting I, that I, that is going to be the closest thing. Well, I think the massive difference would probably be one, and again, I was not there. I was too. I'm not. I'm too young. Um, mm-hmm. is the fact that I mean, again, I know at the time they only knew AIDS was passed through bodily fluids. They didn't know what exactly, but it mm-hmm. wasn't the same sense of being airborne. Right, like and I think is. that is the difference because um, there was they knew sort of it was it was pretty quickly concentrated and labeled as the gay disease mm-hmm. back then and this is very very 100% non-discriminatory right so i mean it's it's interesting and it's and it's quicker spread i think than the aids crisis was too right because it's airborne yeah. um and and you know in a little way in some ways it's like comparing apples to oranges but it's just society did not completely shut down either in the right. 80s like that i mean it was an uncertain time for certain people um but this is for this is everybody this affects every one of us it is and it's very unnerving cuz Mm-hmm. Like I told, like I called my mother again yesterday on lunch because I finally just hit my breaking point of I can no longer compartmentalize what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do, I live alone. I do have people in town who 
I could go, if I it was in a pinch, I could always go to my parents' house. I could go to my aunt's house. I have friends that I could go stay with or something. But it was the most, like, it was just this wild thought of, oh my God, this is very isolating in a weird way. But also, like, there was no one there at the time to, like, bounce hysteria off of. And for a while yeah. around here, especially... And even up until last week, we had people who were so like, I'm still going on spring break. I'm like, the fuck you are mm-hmm. like and stuff like that. And and I finally told my mom, I was like, I felt like I was certifiably crazy. I look I was looking around and it seemed like no one was taking it seriously because it hadn't come to Alabama. But the reason it hadn't come to Alabama is they weren't testing. Yeah. So our numbers are probably way under what the truth is. Well, and I saw a statistic today that said that Korea kind of got a handle on it pretty quickly because they were testing like 300,000 people a day Mm -hmm. or something. And we've only tested like 25,000 total since it since it hit our shores. So we are behind. And that's why a lot of people are like, no, this is going to last a lot longer. Mm -hmm. Oh, I thought, oh, my gosh, I thought it was an earthquake. (laughs) Oh, my God. Do you know what it was? Was it you falling? No, it was Benny tapping on my chair. Oh. <laughs> I felt something on my chair and I was like, something's moving, but it's just the cat. Don't need an earthquake I'm, right now. <laughs> I'm getting cabin fever. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that's why a lot of people are saying this is far from over because we haven't even begun to test the masses. I mean, as far as you and I know, you and I could be sitting here with it right now. Right. Um, but there, the problem is... With this, no symptoms. Right. You can be asymptomatic. You could... Like, there was somebody on one of those cruises that was an American citizen. I can't remember which one it was. The ones that were, like, floating in the ocean for days on end because they didn't know what to do. Where the mm-hmm. husband had it, but the wife did not. And they were together the entire time on the cruise. And it's like, yeah, there's no discernible facts or right um, or reasoning behind any of it. It's just, I mean, it's, I would say it's like the flu in that case where you could both get the flu shot, but you could get it and Ethan could not. For mm-hmm. whatever reason, even though you're together all the time. Um, yeah. And so it's just that kind of weirdness and we are so not prepared and I'm going to make it political right now. Are we really excited about who's in charge? Who's going to yeah. save us? I mean, like- I mean here's the, <laughs> Ethan looked it up today. The facts are that um, the facts are that Obama after the swine flu or mm-hmm. SARS, one of the, one of the things that kind of spread pretty quickly through Africa and it looked like it might get to this point, but it mm-hmm. didn't. He cre he, he added a branch of, it was either Homeland security, Homeland security or the national security council. It was some, it was security um, of some sort, a, an epidemic task force mm-hmm. team. And just to be like, to to really be on top of all this and the 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 word is Donald Trump disbanded that task force and then Ethan saw this article that said um that was this man who was like I was there that's not true he didn't disband it well then he started digging up turns out it both are a little bit true um that he didn't totally disband the the task force but he did 100% gut the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. And so what the guy said was, we didn't have a staff to do the work, so we just left. And so now that led to the task force being disbanded of some sort. But, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was a decision made by, by this administration, well, and we were unprepared. Well, did you see all the people who, all the senators who supposedly dumped all their stock after a private mm-hmm. briefing? Yeah. They knew. Thank God they're in charge. Thanks for looking out so, for me, man. I, I I just, I mean, I have a little bit of hope that because there are governors who are stepping up. Andrew Cuomo, people, oh, I, people I don't know if you've seen anything. asking him to run for president in 2024. He is stepping up in a way that is just profound and just giving the world hope for this stuff. He stepped up. And Gavin Newsom, our governor, he's stepping up to... Um, we all in this house, in this little house, I kind of think he might be leaning a little too hard on the Hollywood aspect of it. He's looking for the glory mm. a little bit. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say anything bad about Gavin Newsom because he is really doing a good job, but he's still doing his theatrics a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for my opinion, I love him as a, you know, he's done nothing but good things in my, as far as I'm concerned, someone could come back and, um, 
dispute that. Save it. I don't care. Um, but yeah, Andrew Cuomo, he he's really leaning in to, to the leadership in a way that's just, I mean, it's great. So, and I think there's going to be other governors who step up and do that, you know, too. I think the states are going to have to take control. That's what um, Trump basically said. He said, you're on your own to get your equipment. Yeah. And so, I mean, so that's terrible. Congratulations yeah. to everyone who voted for Because you got him. Granny Ivy. Granny Ivy's in charge of your state. Well, she believes um, in God and guns. So, you know, that's all we need in Alabama. That's it. Well, and even here in California, someone said there was a line around the block at the gun store. And I was like, I didn't even know there was a gun store. What are they going to do? Shoot the fucking virus? It's happening here, too. Why do you need a gun in this time? Are you like, is it? Well, and it worries me because if the grocery stores go closed, there's not going to be any way to get food. Well, I mean, I guess that's what worries me. Well, I don't think grocery stores will ever be able to close. I don't think so either. Because we have to be able to eat. So I'm hoping that these next couple of weeks of social distancing and just nobody out on the streets, it'll start running its course a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's bizarre. Like, it is the weirdest, weirdest time ever. And unrelated... Share and the Rolling Stones canceled, and I know that is like at the bottom of everyone's priority list. But you know what? For me, it was a very emotional loss to take, and I know, and I get why. I totally understand why. Right. But I will tell you, Charlie Daniels said, "Put it in God's hands," and held his show. Um, so there's there's the two options you have, and he's older than the Stones and Share probably combined at this point. Uh. Well, and I. I... I appreciate that you got to go see Charlie Daniels, but it's not about the performer. It's about people being there. It's just not safe right now. And oh, I, absolutely not. I I was a little uneasy going. Yeah, like I was. I truly was. Yeah. I mean, j- all jokes aside, I was very like all day. I was checking. I was like, this is gonna get canceled. This has got to get canceled. There's no way. And then um, it didn't. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of empty seats around us. And I I was incredible. I mean. I have Jaja's hand sanitizer, so I was safe. But I was incredibly uneasy about the whole thing, really. And I kind of put a damper yeah. on the whole experience because of that, because it's like sitting in, literally and metaphorically, sitting in the air. I'm sure we were all thinking it. Well, and it's it's it's, it's something you'll never forget. It's something that is part of your experience of coronavirus. Oh, now, absolutely not, Charlie Daniels. But that speaking of a loss. Um, we lost a legend today, so I want to talk about that with you. I guess you saw that Kenny Rogers passed away this morning. I did. Honestly, my knowledge of him is very limited, and a lot of it's based on his bad eye lift. So, <laughs> well, he he was a legend. He um he was in the first edition, uh, a group, and then he sang such songs as the Gambler, right? And that's what uh, he was, or he was in the movie The Gambler, that's what he was and you know was the Gambler. And then he was called the Gambler, and uh, he one of my favorite favorite duets of all time. Islands in the Stream. No, <laughs> actually, oh, really? it's. I mean, that is. I love that one, and that is one of my favorites. But like, beautiful, beautiful song with um, Sheena Easton. Um, We've got tonight is really. It, it's just a profound uh, uh, duet of love song. Islands in the Stream is super fun, and I love to sing it. I actually sang it at karaoke the other night with my boss. Um, nice. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's just a, he was a legend, and he was just a class act. He was a consummate professional, and I'm going to miss him. It, it was pretty hard to see that he, he died. Um, I'll, I'll send you the link um, to see Dolly Parton speaking on his death. It was, it was kind of heartbreaking. It. It, it, I saw her. Po- she posted it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. It was it was pretty heartbreaking to see her choke up like that. Um, yeah. So. Oh, I have to sneeze. What? <laughs> so I had to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, before we go, uh, I just want to sort of give my thoughts on on everything real quick. Um, I have a friend who I. I drive to church and he, we, I called him today. We, we FaceTimed because church has been canceled till further notice. And so I I missed my people and I was just kind of chatting with him. And he said he was at the bus stop waiting to go to the 99 cent store to go see if he could pick up a few things. And 
everything. Um, and I told him, I said, you know what? I'm off work now. So if you need to go to the store, just give me a call. We'll ride together. I'd love to see you. Um, we'll take all the precautions, but as long as you're healthy and I'm healthy, we gotta, we gotta go. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I got a hatchback. So, um, I just want to implore everybody to reach out to your neighbors, reach out to your people that you're not seeing on that you used to see on a daily basis or pretty regular basis that you're not seeing, just reach out and make sure they're okay. And, you know, chat with them because especially for people who are a little older, it could be pretty isolating to have to social distance yourself because, I think that's that's very important as you age to com- keep social and keep active. So that's that's my like parting thought for this whole thing for the first episode of Life in the Bunker. Um, what about you? Do you have any thoughts to share about that kind um, of thing? I would say my biggest thing with this whole situation is stop listening to the talking heads Mm -hmm. and listen to the people who know what's going on. Listen to the professionals, listen to the doc. If you know people that are in the medical profession on any extent, they should have more knowledge about it than anyone sitting on a couch talking on TV. Um, I feel like a lot of this unneeded hysteria is because of that. I Mm -hmm. think there's a level of needing to remain calm and for the love of God, not one person needs 6,000 rolls of toilet paper. Right. Share the damn toilet paper, you weirdos. Well, I want like, to, <laughs> to that point, I want to share something that my cousin Casey, Casey Graves Williams said. Um, she posted this thing that said, listen, if you need 144 rolls of toilet paper for a, for a two-week uh, quarantine, you should have probably already seen your doctor. Absolutely. Like, I feel <laughs> so. like... I know Publix and a few other places did this. I don't think enough did. They put a cap on how much of one thing you could buy at a time, especially yeah. any kind of cleaning or household necessity, because I still don't understand what person needs 40 eggs. Nope. Like, or anything like, like all that excessive buying. I understand the fear and wanting to be prepared. And I know it's a form of anxiety, but I feel like there's also a level of complete and utter selfishness in the act. And I've seen a lot of stories about people having to go shopping on behalf of other people because they couldn't go to Mm -hmm. the stores and then not being able to bring them the supplies back because Karen thinks she needs 40 gallons of milk. Well, and if you have the rice, the other day on that same shopping trip that Michelle Castle and I took, we were in the aisle. She was looking for orange juice. And that was sort of where she and I just kind of, we didn't hit our breaking point, but we were just like done keeping her mouth shut there was this other beautiful lady uh i just remember her being so beautiful she was on the aisle too and i said the thing that kills me is that all these people are buying up all this food and then they're going to have a pantry full of food that goes to goes to waste because it expired and she and the lady on the aisle she looks at me and she goes hi hello and then she turns to the general public of target and goes can you please say that for the idiots in the back and i was like (laughs) We had that moment. I was like, I love that we're bonding over the idiocy. But that's the thing. We need to keep a healthy, healthy, centrist view of it. Because you don't need to be freaking out, but you do need... There's some people who need to calm down and stop freaking out. But there are also a lot more people, too, that need to take it a lot more seriously. Yeah. and So like we need my- to all come to the center and take it seriously. Don't freak out and do what the CDC is recommending to do. Well, like when I went to my, we have a little, I have a little Walmart market that I went to. Cause I was like, there's no point in me going to the super center. I'm, I will intentionally start coughing to get people to stop touching me oh, because it's going to be so j- damn packed. And then um, they'll, they'll shoot you with a tranquilizer gun and take you to probably. a box. Well, then at least I would be alone. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going down the frozen food aisle and I've like decided, I was like, my outlook is going to be, I'm going to start just having to get creative in the kitchen. I'm going to buy what I can get. And just work with it because you know what? Our produce sections are overflowing with food because everyone's buying canned goods. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I'm just going to work with this. And I turned this aisle and this lady and we're going down the bread aisle, which is adjacent of the start of the frozen section. And she just looks at me and goes, I didn't want bread anyway because there was no bread. And I'm like, well, uh, I get it. Like 
I'm like, this is the weirdest thing. What yeah. is the obsession? Who needs that much bread? Like, yeah. and so, and she's like, I'm buying bacon to make my son this dinner because he's coming home. And I didn't even look at how much it cost because it was the only bacon that was left. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, well, that's I'm, where I'm at. Like, I had you just a friend work with it who i had a friend who has a friend who has a new baby and she oh my god and she feeds formula and she went to a parking lot and bought formula for 80 dollars from someone else because she couldn't find it in the store that should be criminal and that's just scary and that's unreal that people i mean buying up all that stuff but anyway mm -hmm. if you are on those facebook groups like the like the resale groups the marketplace groups i saw someone who's like i'm a farmer i have farm fresh eggs i will sell it to you like three for a dozen for three dollars so there are people who are trying to be mm-hmm. like i'm passing this along because i no longer need it for things like formula right. so there are people out there unlike price gougers but it's just being mindful and not like it's blood money when you price gouge in situations like this you're feeding off people's fears and it's icky and god is crying because of it so i need you to stop right exactly (laughs) well thanks for sharing this first episode of life in the bunker with me from not for nothing you're welcome and i gotta go do your homework I'm going to go do my homework. I'm going to eat some some dinner first. Ethan's just finished up dinner. And, um, yeah, if you, would you like everybody to follow you on Instagram and Twitter? Do you remember my handles? Uh, at, at Sadie May 57. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? It is correct. And on both Instagram and uh, Twitter. There's, uh, Twitter's different. Oh, what's Twitter? Uh, Sarah Cat Cooper. Oh, Sarah Cat Cooper on Twitter. Uh, so it's Sarah Cat Cooper on Twitter and Sadie May 57 on Instagram. And if you would like to follow me, mine is at Kyle L. Henderson on Instagram and also at Kyle L. Henderson on uh, Twitter. And also, we're starting to get pretty active on the Not For Nothing Facebook page. Um, I gave some shout outs for people who were talking on the Facebook page today. So if you want to join the conversation, go ahead and head right on over to not for nothing and join in. I post um, pretty regularly and yeah, this is not the last episode you'll hear of life in the bunker from not for nothing. So until next time, stay safe, keep your social distance and don't go outside unless you need to Bye, share because I know you listen. <laughs>